say hold that. On. Joel, hold on. Hold live on. Now. Nope. Sorry, bud. We are live. Welcome to another Wind Daily Sports <laughs> Show. I told him I was clicking the button. Another Wind Daily Sports Show. We are here to talk about the Zozo Championship. We got bets. We got DFS. We got Joel and his sweet new haircut. I'm here with my man, Sia Najat. I'm here with my man, Joel Shrek, and we are going to have a blast. Uh, I feel bad for the World Series tonight, gentlemen. They're definitely going to lose even more ratings than normal because everybody's going to be watching us. So, Sia, how you doing tonight, buddy? I got a call from the commissioner, and uh, we worked something out. So I promised him that we wouldn't have a show during a World Series game um, if, if there is one next Tuesday or Wednesday. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because we are currently uh, in the middle of a show, and the World Series starts in a couple minutes. Joel, how are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing good. You're right, though. You would think they would plan ahead for things like this. Like, why would right? they want to compete with us? Doesn't Hi. make sense to me, but, you know, they're lost. It's all right. Yeah. Here we are. We're going to be talking some golf uh, in, a, in a time period that we normally and now. I mean, I know golf normally is kind of year round and everything like that, but it's just interesting to see, you know, kind of how the, the interest level still be as high as it is because we do have the Masters coming up in like two weeks. Uh, I think actually on my birthday weekend, which I'm pretty excited about. So I think that should be pretty fun. Uh, I think I think Alabama LSU was supposed to be that weekend, but I think it got moved around. So that's a little unfortunate, but it's going to be a sweet weekend no matter what. And it is in a couple weeks, but we are here to talk about the Zozo. We are in California, Northern California, Sher- Sherwood, Sherman, Sherman, Sherwood, Sherwood's Northern California. Think, I think Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Okay. Robin Hood, California. No, I'm sure would. It's I'm like a Robin kidding. Hood reference. I know. I'm 15. Remember, Sia? I don't get exactly. it. Um, We're here to talk <laughs> DFS. We're here to talk our best bets. Uh, but Sia, as we usually like to start off, would, um, I mean, as last week, we were supposed to be in South Korea. We never kind of made it there, unfortunately. This week, we're supposed to be in Japan. Still weren't able to make it there. We have this pandemic. We have another no-cut field, about 78 golfers, I think. Uh, we do. It does look like Dustin Johnson has already opted out of this tournament, so I'm not. I'm curious if they replaced him with anyone, but Talk to me a little bit. Where do we like Sherwood? Is this a nice place? Do we need to hit the ball really long? Are the roughs very penal? How, what are we looking here? Okay, so first of all, Dustin Johnson didn't opt out. He got COVID, so he oh, shit. Ooh, can't be right, in, which, which is a shame, by the way, because he's actually a member at this course, and he probably would have dominated. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, like for us, maybe it's not a shame because I don't I don't want to say he would have been a lock-button guy, but I kind of like like not having a guy that's, you know, was going to be, you know, 30% owned or something like that. So as far as the course itself, so it's a relatively short, it's it's weird because there's five par fives, which is really unusual. Normally you have like three or four, but there's five par fives. I think there's only one other course on, on the tour that actually has five par fives. So you would think, oh, okay, five par fives, it's super long. Well, I, actually, that's not the case. It's like a 7,000-yard par 72, which is not long at all. Part of the reason for that is there are also – five par threes, which of course only leaves eight par fours to go. So the the par fives themselves, um, certainly like very gettable from the long hitters, maybe even gettable from the shorter hitters. So you don't need to be long here, although obviously it's always going to help. I consider this, and Joel can comment after me in terms of how he's, he's sizing this up, but I consider this to be a second shot golf course. Um, you know, you want to be good on approach. As far as off the tee, yeah, you want to be long, but I actually think it's probably more important for you to be accurate off the tee than it is to be long because there are a lot of trouble spots, whether it's water or different elevations or, or rough and things of that nature. So that's what we're looking at just from a a course fit, what you mm-hmm. want to look for standpoint. I love it. Joel, anything to uh, add to that? Yeah, I'm aligned with C. I think the, the notes that I'm, I'm pulling into this weekend are it's a weird course. Um, accuracy is definitely key over distance because 
it's a second shot course. And so all that means is you want to have a good second shot, right? It's going to be a lot harder to get there out of the rough than it will be out of the fairway. So um, as always, like every guard, like in case I didn't, I haven't needed to say this just so everyone knows your approach shot, like ranking there is important for every golf tournament. Like that is going to be one of the top two things that we look at no matter what. So yes, it's going to apply here, but that's everywhere. So consistent with that, like that's obviously the probably most telling statistic that we're going to be able to track for this week. I love it. And also one more fun thing, the tournament starts on my birthday. So no I'm going to have a little bit juju this week for uh, for my birthday as the tournament starts on Thursday. I like that. Give me one second yeah. while I put into my phone that it is Joel's birthday. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to I'm going to tail not I mean I, I do this sort of sometimes anyway but I'm going to tail all your first round leader bets oh, because yeah. it's your birthday on Thursday like give me a break let's go this is going to be I gotta fun. have some good luck exactly. yeah whatever whatever you got Joel I'll make sure I have a clean piece of paper so I'll put down you know my normal one to two dollar bets on all the plus seven thousand guys I am hundred percent in um a shout out to our friend S guy eight four zero he was commenting he was DMing me the other day. I guess he missed the show last week. I sent him the podcast, so it was all cool, but he always loves sitting in. He's made some money, so I always appreciate uh, That's literally what we're here to do, help you guys and girls out there win some money, which we've done a lot of. If you haven't heard, Buddy on our team just got a live final seat in the NFL. What a cool 200K, so not a bad day, Joel. I think that puts you in second place. That means we need a screenshot <laughs> out of you coming up soon, buddy. I'm excited for that, but until then, we will get to it. So, let us start the DFS. I have some fun new stuff to you guys. I haven't been, I guess I, I haven't been doing a good job sharing screenshots. So um, recently, in case anyone cares, I also play all the other sports in, in yes. addition to golf. Um, I actually got into the top 10 ranking in college football for draft games for Shut all of roto Oh, yeah. You're more than hey. welcome to share that, that information <laughs> content with us whenever you would like. <laughs> the thing with college football is like I win like I'm obviously doing really well because I'm in the top 10 um but like you don't win like you know I have a big week I win 5k which listen I'm not complaining I'm very happy to win 5k but it's not like NFL or other sports where you win the week and you win 50k you win 5k mm-hmm. in college football it's just smaller tournaments still willing to share a 5k screenshot I think that's <laughs> still a lot of money in just about everybody's book if everybody walked believe- away with 5k like that's pretty solid <laughs> He's, yeah, I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm not. I'm not upset about it. He's such a like a DraftKings and Fanduel snob now, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I just won like three K, and I just didn't feel like I needed to share that with anybody. It's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> Thanks, Joel. Thanks, Joel. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure to uh, send you messages uh, on Sunday mornings to get those screenshots now, because clearly you're not going to send them to me. I have to ask for them. I but just anyway, yeah, that too. Actually, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> let us tell you, Joel. Let us tell you some more. Of course. Um, Anyway, let's move over to the DraftKings for the Zozo, which is also just an awesome name, by the way. Uh, the yes. Zozo Championship. That's yes. Cool. I think Tiger Woods had something to do with something last year, if not mistaken. Did he win yeah. last year? Okay, but it was well, in Japan, so not really. Yes. So it's like kind of like, that's cool, but it doesn't really matter. So defending champion, but on a completely different course. Let us take a look at this top tier range. we got a few dudes up here. Xander Shoffley, he did pretty well last week. John Rahm. I think he did pretty well last week. Uh, Justin Thomas, Rory. Yes, Joel, we know you're already in on Rory. And Tyrrell Hatton making his way into the 10K range. Sia, talk to me a little bit about this elite range of golfer here. Yeah, so it's only five because DJ is obviously not here. So again, every week 
we try to like split hairs with this top tier range. And it's really hard to do. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm always going to be fading Rory until he proves otherwise. I understand where Joel's coming from because the until prove otherwise happens and then mm-hmm. you start winning a bunch of money. So I, I get why you wouldn't fade him, but it's worked for me pretty well for the last, oh, I don't know, 12 to 16 months. Yeah. So I'm just going <laughs> to stick with that for now. But but I will say I, I do think his game is improving. So if there was a time to sort of jump on board, I mean, this would be potentially the tournament in a shorter field uh, to to do that. So the guys I'm focusing on in this top five range and top five, I'm talking 10K and above, of course, John Rahm and Justin Thomas. I'll keep it really short. I mean, John Rahm and Justin Thomas are just such good ball strikers. I heard a really good stat. I want to give credit where credit's due. It's on the um, the First Cut podcast on CBS. Um, those guys do a great job, just like we do, of course. Mm-hmm. There was a stat that one of the guys gave, and it's in the last, I believe it was the last three months, John Rahm is the only guy on tour that has gained – 0.4 strokes or more in every single category. That's, of course, off the tee, approach, around the green, and putting. So it's a pretty impressive stat. Not, not just that you're gaining, but you're gaining like a half a stroke or more for the last three months in every single category. I mean, this is the exact type of guy you would want in a tournament like this. And then Justin Thomas, again, such a good ball striker. He finished, what was it, 12th last week. Um, John Rahm was 17th, kind of a pedestrian 17th if you're John Rahm. But Justin Thomas was 12th. It felt to me, and I kind of put this in the article when I featured him, it almost felt to me like it was a, it was a warm-up for Justin Thomas and, and that he's kind of like tuning up his game and that he could pounce on this one. And so I like those two the most. I love it. Joel, who, I mean, yes, Rory, but anybody else in this 10K, 11K range? Yeah, before I dive in, I just want to add a little context because I think what C was making is a good point. The the thing with these guys in this range is, like, you'll see Rory in his last three finishes was 8, 8, and, like, 21. So he's in good form. The problem is if you're going to pay this much money for Rory, that's not going to do it, right? You can get guys at 8, 8, and 21 f- for $2,000 less. Mm-hmm. So – the problem is these guys are still in good form, and that's what you got to look at. Like, like if he's getting eight, eight, twenty-one, he's playing better. He can win this tournament. That's a reason to target him. But if he gets you fifteen at this price, that's not good because you can easily get fifteen way lower. And you need to get the winners, like, or at least a top three out of this price range for it to be valuable for you. So keep that in mind. Like, the higher the price tag, the better they have to do, right? A, a top twenty or fifteen finish for someone priced at seven thousand is perfectly good. But at this price range, it's it's going to be tough to win. Um, so with that being said, I do like Rory. Um, and so one of the reasons why I like Rory this week is that he has turned it around, right? It's not just he's due to get better. He's been better. So now he's playing well enough to win the tournament. And one of the things that I mentioned last week that I'm looking at with, with Rory's scores is, are you getting me those 66s and 65s? And so you'll see last week he had a 66. He also had a 73 and a 74. So it's now it's a matter of, is can he put together four straight days? Because if he can, then he's going to be right in this tournament. So that's what we're looking at with him. Uh, he's a guy that I like. I like Shoffley just because, you know, he's he's playing great. I think he's probably going to be a little bit chalky this week because he's playing so well. So that's the reason you might want to fan. I think he's one of the guys that let's look at his ownership percentage uh, before Wednesday, before Thursday starts. If it's not, if it's below 15%, I would say fire away. If it's above then for tournaments, we, we probably want to shy away. And I'm with, um, I'm with Sia on John Rom. I think John Rom's interesting this week. and He's the same way. Let's see his ownership percentage. But the thing with him, he goes for it, right? He's going to go for these Eagles. When you have five opportunities to do it, you know he's going to try. And so if he cashes on two or three Eagles this week, that's going to be such a big point bonus for us for DraftKings that he has, he, has, he can finish 15 with three Eagles, and that's going to make up the point difference. So mm-hmm. uh, for those reasons, uh, those are the guys that I'm going to be targeting. 
I love it. I love it. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, as, as we know, uh, we'll get to the Ryan Palmers of the world, I'm sure. it's We still need a lot of birdies. We still need a lot of eagles. We need, you know, bogeys are fine, but if you get more birdies than bogeys, it uh, it averages out for us, which I think is important. Pars just kind of suck, honestly. That's the uh, the unfortunate part of it. But let us move on to this. Oh, actually, before uh, we do, I guess uh, I would like to hear from both of you. Joel, I'll start with you first, and then we'll, we'll hop into this 9K range. Is this a Stars and Scrubs kind of tournament? Is this a little bit more balanced? How are you guys kind of uh, approaching it from that aspect? Yeah, so the way I'm trying to do it is not fading the Stars, but keeping it more balanced, like maybe try to get one higher price guy. And I, don't, I, want, I definitely want to fade. I don't want to have too many in the low 6K, right? Mm-hmm. There's a couple high 6K range guys that, that I'm okay with, but... Um, I'm going to try and be as balanced as they can, but I do think you're going to. I there's there's too many of the elite golfers in this to fade the the top mm-hmm. level. So try and sneak one or two in there, and then be as balanced as you can. Makes sense. See, so, yeah, how about you? Yeah, I found a lot of guys that I was pretty comfortable with in the 8K range. So I would say I'm leaning more balanced. But like Joel said, I'm going to absolutely grab a guy in that probably at least one guy in that top tier range. You can fade the top tier range if you want, because right when you get below that 10,000 range, there's there's a plenty of like whether it's Webb Simpson or Colin Morikawa, there's plenty of guys there. But just know that there's a lot of really good talent and really good guys for this particular course in the 8K range. So I, I, I would almost suggest seeing who you're comfortable with in that 7, 8K range for this tournament. Maybe when you're making your lineup, start there and just kind of see what what you have left after the first two or three guys. Because don't forget, this is a no-cut event, okay? Mm-hmm. Just like last week. So um, we probably should have led with that, but most people listening to this probably understand that at this point. So, you know, the reason that's so important is because for two reasons. One is you can have a guy that just has a really bad day, but a great three days. And sometimes when that bad day is Thursday or Friday, they don't even make the cut. Well, you don't have to worry about that this time. So there's a lot of guys that can like really go low and that's awesome. Like, don't worry about the cut, obviously. I mean, and the other thing is if you finish like 30th, like there's evidence of this in, I don't have the names off the top of my head, but there were guys finishing in like 32nd place that outscored the guy that was in 12th, even with finishing points. So mm-hmm. it's like these birdie makers and these eagle makers and these birdie streaks, they're so important. So you really have like, don't worry about the double bogey. Don't worry about the, yeah, of course, for finishing position points, that sucks. But like, it's not nearly as important as a guy who can just load it up on one day and get a really low score and hook you up. So Keep that in mind when you're picking your golfers. If if they're prone to having a bad day, cool, no problem. As long as the other three days are really good, you're in really, really good shape. So um, the 9K range, there's a few guys that I like. There's actually only four that I've kind of circled. Uh-huh. Uh, Mor- Morikawa is one of them. Uh, I haven't really been on him the last two tournaments, and it's actually kind of worked out for me in that regard. But now I feel like he's really starting to like find his way. So I like him quite a bit at 9,800 on DraftKings. I think Webb Simpson and Patrick Reed are, are pretty sneaky because they haven't really been on the radar lately. I mean, Patrick Reed is, is really only trending at around 10% ownership. He's a really good course fit on comp courses like Innisbrook, for example. He is really good. Like he's his finishing positions have been really good. So if I was going to pick between those two guys, I actually like P- Patrick Reed better because I like the ownership percentage better, but I like both of those guys. And then if we go down a little ways, Victor Hovland, I'm just always on until he, until he proves me wrong. And last week he had a few great days and he ended up paying off for the most part. And T to green, just like more cow, he's really good. So those are the nine K guys I like. 
I like it. Uh, Morikawa plus 2K, uh, Patrick Reed plus 2,500, Victor Hovland plus 3,300. So again, it's always nice to look at the odds and see kind of where they stack up with the pricing because one will tell you something about the other, and I think that part is pretty important. Um, Joel, how about you? What about this 9K range? Yeah, I was just going to piggyback on what C was saying up front just a little bit. The, the point he was making was really good in addition because there's five par four fives and five par threes there's almost more birdie opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. So chasing those guys, right? If there's a few extra birdie and eagle opportunities, then those points will make up the difference of those finishing position points. So more so than ever, because of the weird layout of this course, those guys are more important to chase this week. So the combination of the no cut, like you can be a little bit more risky with those guys and the fact that they have those more opportunities. I love just chasing a, chasing our the young Ons and, you know, Ryan Palmers and those guys of the world, uh, because this is a tournament that should kind of shape them really well. So uh, when looking at this range, being honest, my favorite range for this tournament is probably the 7K, but here I do like a lot of guys. I think um, I love Bubba. Bubba's one of those guys that when he gets on, he kind of hits a a little bit of a streak. So I think he might be on that now. I think we're going to see like a two or three tournament run with Bubba where he'll play well. So I'm going to definitely have my shares of Bubba this week going back at him again. Um, you guys know me. I'm the Daniel Berger truther. I can't get away from him. So uh, some interesting things to note, his advanced statistics in terms of uh, strokes gained on approach and, and T to green were really good last week. He just didn't like, he still, he's finished fine. I think he was in the twenties. He just didn't like, do great. So I'm going back. I think it's just a matter of, he's normally a good putter. That's not his weakness. He's usually good around the green. So I think it was just uh, maybe it's time for him to come around. I think he can have another really strong tournament. So he's one of my favorite plays of the week. And then I think I, I really like Jason Cockrack as a player. I just think, you know, his price tag here is turning me off. It's unlikely he's going to win back-to-back tournaments. He got hot. Um, again, if he was priced like he normally is in the 7,000, I would be all over him. Here I think you're just kind of, you're having to pay too much for him. Uh, so therefore I'm probably going to be – Looking away from him. Joel, can I stop um, you for one second right there? So wasn't it, if I'm not mistaken, I read something that it was his first win in 10 years on the PGA Tour for Kokrak, right? Something like that. I don't know if you guys saw it or heard it. I didn't I didn't read that, but I, I, thought, it, I would believe it. Was it was something like it's his first win and he's been on the PGA Tour forever. And I also just want to say our magical lineup of Kokrak and Gooch would have been phenomenal yes. last week. It been. I saw that and I, I just I wanted to point that out for everybody, well, friends of the show. Before we get back to Joel um, and hold hold your spot where you were, Joel, because this is Sorry, kind of Joel. important too. My secret weapon two weeks ago was Taylor Gooch, ah. and he was he was awful. He mm-hmm. like he, it was a terrible tournament, and then one week later, all of a sudden, he's basically battling for first place on Sunday afternoon. And it's just one of those things where sometimes, if if especially in golf, because of how like variant it is, if a guy screws you one week, like don't necessarily be completely off him the next week. It's okay to be off of him, but at least have a share or two because, and I had completely faded Taylor Gooch. I didn't take my own advice. And so just, you know, that's one thing to keep in mind for somebody who screwed you the week before, maybe even two weeks before they didn't just become a bad golfer. They might, might've just had a bad round or two. Listen, you can't pick every golfer. So you have to make some decisions. Usually it's easy to fade the guy who just screwed you over. I get that. But if you really believed in a guy the week before, have a couple shares. It's not. It's not asking the world. Have a couple shares of them. That's it, and just see what see what happens. I love it. I, just a couple shares. You never know. And Joel, I apologize. Two hundred and thirty three events for Jason Kokrak, and it is his tenth season. It's the first one he ever won. Shout out, Mister Kokrak. Anyway, sorry, Joel. No, I actually want to. I want to piggyback off Sia there for a minute. I, I totally agree. I think 
what's good about that, and I, I subscribe to that as well, is oftentimes there's something you saw about someone. Obviously, if it's course history, then that if it's a different course and that you can't correlate those two things. But if it's other things like their strokes gained and how they're playing and they have a bad week, then definitely go back because they're one week removed. And all that means is there's going to be other people that are going to fade them. And listen, if you saw something you liked the week before, they're not going to be like a completely different golfer two weeks later. So if you're going to get a lower ownership percentage and that thing can, that you saw two weeks ago, it comes back, you're going to be in an even better spot. So I fully subscribe to that. Go back to the well. Um, I think, you know, don't let people like, oh, you screw me. I'm never playing you again. That's the worst mentality you have for DFS because that's how it gets you yourself in trouble and take losses. So definitely don't try and be like, oh, I, I lost. I'm never playing that guy. Again. Says the guy that continuously plays everybody that he's ever won a big tournament with. Yes. <laughs> I know it's, it's like practically the same thing, but you won instead of love. But anyway, anyway, let's let's get back to talking about real golfers here. Down to Coke yeah. Rack. Price too expensive. So- Two different coke rack. Um, I think Fleetwood is a guy that I think is interesting to get different. So the, my biggest factor for Fleetwood is is ownership. Um, if his ownership starts looking like it's getting high, which I don't think it's going to be this week, then it's not a good play. But I think he's going to be a low ownership in this range. I think he's a guy that could uh, be a nice sneaky value in this range. So I like him based on ownership. Um, and then the last guy in this range that I'm going to mention is Neiman. I like Neiman just because he's been in good form. And he's one of those guys that like I like two tournaments ago. He hasn't really disappointed. He's one of those guys that, like, if you something you like, like the same thing we were saying before, no reason not to go back to the well. Um, I'm not going to fade Scheffler, um, but he hasn't been the same since he had COVID, which is concerning. And what that is putting to me is not just him, but any guys now that are coming back from COVID. Maybe, I don't know, I haven't had it, but maybe you're a little weaker. Maybe there's something a little to it. So I'm trying to stay away from guys until I see them play again and see why they're performing before I uh, I play them after a COVID scare. I like that. I think it is pretty real uh, at this point. So I'm sure, you know, it obviously affects people differently. We've seen that with some major league baseball players and football players as well. So uh, Sia, anybody to add to that 8K range? Yeah, first of all, I, I do like Berger. He, he, for some reason, he's not really a super sexy pick. He almost feels like more of a safe pick, which I guess you don't want to have in this tournament. But, you know, after the restart and right before the restart, he was really good and he was taking down tournaments. So I don't mind that play at all. I agree with Bubba Watson. Uh, I'm not a Bubba guy. I was like sort of shocked that I had him in my article, which, by the way, is up on windailysports.com. It's the first time I've ever written up um, Bubba Watson. So He's been his ball striking has just been so good. It's just hard to ignore him at this point. And the value is there at 8,700 and his ownership percentage is going to be less than 10%. So that's good. One note on Fleetwood, it looks like his ownership percentage is going to be really low. So, yeah, if you want to get leverage, that's certainly a place to go. It's looking like it's about 5%, maybe 6% tops. Um, Alternatively, a guy I really like, which we Joel's already talked about, Joaquin Neiman, just know that his ownership percentage for this range is is the highest in in terms of like this 8k range it's it's tracking to like 16 17% because he really is a good fit and he can go really low and he can honestly this is one of those plays where like just in the outright market I might have a few bucks on him so we'll get to that in a few minutes but as far as the other 8k guys I may go back to Russell Henley. I noticed that S guy 840 just mentioned, hey, good call, guys, on Russell Henley last week. I'll tell you, Joel was bigger on him th- than I was, even though I liked him as well. The rest of the Win Daily team was was on Henley. I mean, Isaiah, Steve, Stephen, um, Patrick, Antonio, everybody was on Henley, and he really, really paid off. Just know that in Henley's case, I still think there's value there at his price tag. It's good value, but he gained a ton of strokes putting. And so it's one of those things where – that's definitely going to regress, but his ball striking has been good enough to pay off that 8,100 price tag. So he's still okay. Yeah, I didn't mention Henley, and I will jump back in and say I like him a lot. Um, 
I would play Henley this week. I so see is right. He he did gain a lot of strikes, buddy, which is typically not something you want to target because it's not like something that's super repeatable. But his balls, his his strokes gained to the green are really strong. I think they're top fifteen or top twenty. So. Um, at this price range, and it's been pretty consistent, I think you're getting a guy playing a little bit above the price. So for that reason, I'll definitely go back to Emily Bench this week. And uh, there is a guy that we haven't mentioned yet that uh, has some experience on this course when it was called the Hero World Challenge up until like 2014. He's a pretty good golfer. He's won a few tournaments um, the last couple decades. Anyway, his name is, um, what is it? Uh, Tiger Woods. That's right. Tiger Woods. That's the one. Uh, yeah, so he's in this tournament. So, you know, like, I don't even know what to say. Like, he's not – it's actually a pretty good course fit. I mean, this is a ball-striking course, and he is absolutely a ball-striker. We just haven't seen him in a long time. His ownership percentage is kind of where I thought it would be, kind of in that 10 to 15% range. It'll probably be right around 13%. You know, people are probably wondering about him. So let's like the – the let's – was it instead of the elephant in the room, the tiger in the room? Is that – that's not even uh, sorry guys sorry uh, we need uh the price is right music when you lose yeah yeah so oh so uh by the way michael price is right was this game show yeah um, back I in like the 80s and 90s the week, oh, and way you before asked you were born fortune, right something like oh that? yes that's the uh, one okay hey parents must have told you about it grandparents um so yeah i like tiger i mean i'm not gonna have many shares of them if anything maybe i'll throw them in showdown uh like day one and just kind of see what happens but you know, if I'm doing 10 lineups, I'll probably have one share of him, which is right about at his ownership percentage. So it's not like I'm like super fading him or anything. So, uh, yeah, that's Tiger Woods. Joel, do you have any commentary on Tiger? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually not taking my own advice that I just gave everybody on Tiger and fading him for the reason that I've been burned too many times. And mm, now I'm just waiting for him to finally show me something before I go back to that. Well, I, I've hit a, I've hit a breaking point with him. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that just completely contradicts what I just said like two minutes ago. But. Uh, I guess that's how DFS is. <laughs> as I say, not as I do. We all know that. And just looking at Tiger's uh, last 10 events that he was in, 10 events ago was the Zozo Championship. So Tiger really hasn't played that much in the last 12 months, uh, to say the least. Uh, we haven't seen him since the U.S. Open where he shot plus 10 in two rounds. Uh, so it's been a minute. It's been a minute, Tiger. And but I have to check. Wait, I have to check. What are his odds? What are his odds? Scrolling. Holy shit, scrolling. Did I pass him? You passed right. him. Yeah, I might have passed him at that point. Um, Can't find him, can't find him. Plus 3,300, that's funny. <laughs> Joel, are you going to put money on him this time? No. Okay. What were you going to say? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I don't remember. Okay. But we, cool, can get cool. to the, we can get to the 7K range. Oh, Let's... well... Yeah, let's get to the 7K range. Um, let me start real quick. So I don't have many guys in this range. So Joel, I'm going to be kicking this off to you. I, like clearly, I'm comfortable with a lot of the 8K guys, but this, uh, you know, Adam Scott is interesting. Um, he's been really good with this putter, which we used to be sort of his downfall. So a solid play at 7,900. I mean, you're definitely getting a deal. We haven't seen a lot of him lately either. So, oh, by the way, the thing I was going to say about Tiger is just that this could be seen as a tune-up for the Masters. So take that for what it's worth. I mean, they still want to win. The, he still wants to win the tournament, but. Um, I think that's I think that's why a lot of people probably aren't taking him outside of the fact that, um, you know, he's burned people in the past. But mm. I like Adam Scott. I'm probably going to be even though Abraham answers my boy, I, I'm probably going to be off of him. Um, and then we go way down the list and I go to Joel's boy, Sebastian Munoz, who's been really, really. If you look at the like the, the ball striking and all of that, the, 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 the strokes gain metrics, I mean, he's been really good. And so at seventy two hundred, I think you're getting a ton of value there. I'm not going to stop with my boy Ryan Palmer at 7,100 because 
he keeps coming through with the with that that sort of like that narrative of hey he might suck one day but he's going to be really good the other three or two out of four days or whatever and last week he he had a couple really really strong days so i'm i'm in on 7100 for him it's interesting because Brandon Todd really screwed me last week. He really held back a lot of my lineups, and I was big on him, and I was trying to be sort of contrarian with a short hitter. Um, you don't need to be long here. You need to have some ball control, and so Todd has that, but he was awful last week on approach, off the tee. With all of that said, the whole Taylor Gooch effect, I will have some Brandon Todd. I'm not going to be big on him, but like I said, a guy who burned me the week before, out of 10 lineups, I'm probably going to have two shares, so that's where I'm going to be with Brandon Todd because I, I believe in his game. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to do. As Joel was saying before, you kind of have to make sure that if you see something, it doesn't mean it's completely gone. Um, uh, but it's, uh, it is, uh, S guy eight, four, zero. No, we cannot repeat who we like in the eight K range. That's what the podcast is for. And that's what YouTube's for. Check us out. We're on YouTube as well. Go subscribe and you could just rewind whenever you would like. So. No, but, but real quick, let me just, at least the guys I circled, we discussed way more than this, but, but Bubba Watson, Joaquin Neiman, which we both agreed on Joel, Russell Henley, and, that was it in terms of oh and Daniel Berger. Those were the big and, the yeah, big yeah. featured names. All right. Sorry, S S guy. There you go. You're welcome. Uh anyway. <laughs> all right, Joel, you are you said you're pretty big in the seven K range. Talk to me a little bit here. See, actually, before we go to that, you did say mm-hmm. Taylor Gooch. Are you not in on Taylor Gooch after not really? I'm not gonna okay. chase I'm not gonna chase the points. And it's it's two weeks removed from when I liked him. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I there's too many guys that that I'm just gonna be pivoting onto to be on Taylor Gooch. No worries, no worries. All right. Draft master flex, Mr. College Football Extraordinaire, who refuses to tell the company that he works for that he's really good at DFS in a specific sport. Who do you have this week in this 7K range? <laughs> so uh, I, I've been thinking, I actually started thinking this last week, and now that I, I've been mentioning to bring this up on the podcast, and now is the, the perfect time to do it. I can't understand why DraftKings prices Ryan Palmer so disrespectfully. He's cons- way more consistent than where they price him. He never goes above like 71 or 7,200. I have no idea why. He's he's always finishing like top 30 at least, top 25. Like, And he's a good DK scorer. Like, even if he doesn't have a great finish, he scores well. So I just don't understand the pricing. I just think he's always a good value at this price range. Like, to me, he should be in the 8,000s every week, and he's not. So I'm just going to keep going back to the well with him until they price him accordingly. So to me – Palmer is a no-brainer, and like he's one of the guys that remember me saying this during the week. If you don't play him, and then you see him have that day where he goes six under, and you're like, "Why will we not be playing him? This makes no sense." You're gonna be like, "He said that. He's right. You should always play Ryan Palmer." So until further notice, until his price goes up in the eight thousands, he's a must-play all the time. Um, obviously, don't play him in hundred percent of your lineups, but if you're gonna play ten lineups, he should be in a percentage of those lineups because at this price range, I just don't think it makes sense. Um, with that being said. Uh, going back to the top of this range, I do. I like Adam Scott a lot. I think Adam Scott's a guy that he's not a guy I normally go to. He's not a guy that's normally like in my my batch of picks. This week, I think is a few things going on. He's starting to play more. He, was, he took a long time off, so I think he's starting to get into a groove. He's a really good golfer, and I think when he is in his groove, right, this is another guy that's closer to nine k, at least eighty eight hundred. So you're getting a really good value, probably saving a thousand dollars by getting a more of an elite golfer in this price range. So. Um, I like Scott a lot, um, especially for GPPs. He's a guy that can, I think, win the tournament. Uh, I'm with Sia on answer. Um, Fowler's just a guy that you just can't play. He's just not playable in fantasy uh, at all. My poor grandma. <laughs> he's, 
he's destined to disappoint you. So don't be disappointed. Um, I like Jason Day a lot. So if you guys have noticed, when Jason Day came back over the summer, he got real high. He put together a string of consecutive top 10, five finishes. Um, he kind of neutralized a little bit, just for like two or three tournaments. He wasn't like all that great. He wasn't terrible. And uh, now he's starting to play better again. If you uh, tracking this week and a lot of the showdown sites, he was striking the ball really well. Uh, I think this is a good spot for Jason Day to come around. I think he should do well in a course like this. So um, I'm a big fan of Jason Day here. You know, I don't have a lot of logic behind this. Something in, in mm. me, I, mean, I keep wanting to pass over him, but something in me keeps telling me to go back to him. Uh, old lefty. I think Phil has a week this week. I mean, he's been he's been killing the old man's tour. I know that means nothing because he's just beating a bunch of old men, but he's been killing it. He's been killing them every week. And so, um, and if you notice, I will say this about Phil. He hasn't been terrible. Like he, he competes when he plays. And then he always like, if you know, remember that tournament, um, was it the 3M open or it was one of those back then? the one that I think DJ won where Phil was like, had a big lead after like day three. And then he got caught, but he still uh, finished like pretty well. WGC FedEx St. Jude. He was tied for second. Yeah. So, that was Okay. Close it up, so, but yes, you know, he's like he's still ago. competing. He's still competing. He's still a good golfer, um, and I think if he, he this is, these are the types of courses I think Phil, you know, he gets different. It's not a course everyone's used to. I think his old man savvy uh, comes into play here, and it might might help him uh, be an interesting play, which he won't be highly owned, so he could be a nice way for you to get different. Um, I'm with uh, Sia on Munoz, as you guys know, I love Munoz, but yeah, his his ball striking numbers have just been consistently really good over the past month and a half to two months. So there's no reason to go back to that. Well, um, and then the last guy in this, the last two guys I'll mention, I'm with Sia on Brandon Todd because of that accuracy. He's known to be one of the more accurate drivers. So he's going to give put himself in position to get a lot of those birdie opportunities um, being in the fairway. And those are the types of guys that we need to target here. So I think this is a spot where this course is designed well for Todd. So I'm going to go after him here, but um, uh a guy I really like as a sneaky play, I think his ownership percentage should be higher this week, but I don't know what it's tracking. Maybe see, you can help me, is Cameron Smith. Cameron Smith is a guy who's ranked in the top 25. He's had a history of being a consistent top 25 guy. He went on like a year or two cold streak earlier in the year, but that's in the past. He's been back. He's playing really well, um, and I see no reason not, not to go back to him. Yeah, he's pretty popular, at, and this isn't a bad thing. It's kind of to your point. He's pretty popular at twelve percent. So, for given this range, that's a pretty high number. So, <clears throat> that speaks to you know more than just Joel liking him. Of course, mm-hmm. the one note I do want to say about Jason Day, if, if I recall correctly, he was playing well last week, but then had to. Maybe you said this, Joel. He had to withdraw because of a, a alleged neck injury. So, I don't know what was going on with that. I mean, he's obviously in this tournament, so he thinks he's over it. But that's just something to monitor. It's only Tuesday. Let's monitor that. You know, tomorrow night into um. Thursday morning because they're not teeing off until later, obviously, because A, it's West Coast time, and B, it's only a 78-person field. So we have time Thursday morning to to receive news. I, and thought, the, the Jason, good be- I thought Jason I was- Day was vertigo. Wasn't he a vertigo guy? Jason did, yes, he was. Okay. And then he's he's had all the – it's it's usually vertigo or it's his lower back. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it was his neck. So there's all kinds of stuff going on It's there. all connected, I guess. The good and bad is this. He was playing well. The injury is definitely a concern. So, like, obviously don't play too much percentage because that is for sure a concern. But it, what it should also on the other side do is if everyone's doing their research, should be low on to it. should be a way for, like, if he can be healthy, it'd be a way for you to be different and that there won't be a lot of other people on him. So it's a tournament play. It's a way to get different. But he's a guy that if you can stay healthy, he's playing really well. So it's a nice way to, to get a different tournaments. 
And and by the way, this is the kind of thing we can sort of vet over the next 24 hours. And I mean, like we like the Wind Daily team, like we can find interviews. People are obviously going to ask him this question. So hopefully we can locate that information because to Joel's point, he's, his ownership percentage is less than 5%. It's closer to 3% than it is 5% at this point. So it's certainly a play to keep in mind to, to find leverage. I mean, it's he's a great player, obviously. And especially Usually. in those large field GPPs, because of course, contest selection, everything. And if you don't want to go and look for those interviews and you say, hey, I would really just love it if the Wind Daily Sports team told me and then there was like a push notification to my phone, we have that. WindDailySports.com backslash chat. You can hang out with us in our expert Discord chat for seven days. We'll make you a bunch of money in golf and in NFL again. Six picks just won about 200K, which was pretty sweet. Uh, apparently, we can make you a lot of money in college football. Just Joel never told the rest of the team that. I think I saw one <laughs> screenshot from him like once. He was like, hey, I won like a grand. And I was like, that's sweet. Let me put that up. And then I guess he forgot the rest of those times. Um, so we can help you in college football and regular football. We have the World Series going on currently. Their ratings are probably terrible terrible now that i bring that back up so i do apologize to the uh the world series for ruining opening night for them but we can help with everything esports lol all that stuff that's what we're here for windailysports.com backslash chat seven free days in the chat we'll notify you if jason day's vertigo uh catches him i guess i don't know how do you do you catch vertigo is that like a, uh, and it's not like it's not like, not a, like a virus thing, right so no like a, you come down know. with vertigo i believe okay yeah. well you can come down with strep throat like right yeah but that's probably a misnomer you Uh probably contracted strep throat Mm, yes Yes. contracted strep throat all right so let's move on to the 6k range before we get to the juicy part our best bets you develop vertigo thanks s guy um oh thank you sir every day appreciate you for watching and hanging out with us uh let's move on to the 6k range before we get to the fun part uh or at least my favorite part the first round leaders and the outright bets man my bank account i lose every single time but it is still so much fun (laughs) and i love it every second let's see if sia has some more breaking news that's going to be i just might i just might um see i want to start with you because this is usually a really interesting one um top of this 6k range Gentleman, we know pretty darn well. Uh, I know he hasn't been good, but you'd think name value alone would allow Jordan Spieth to be more than 6,900. <laughs> Looking at his recent tournaments, it's trash. Uh, he has sucked pretty much since the <laughs> restart, it looks like. But 6,900, like, I don't know, man. That just seems super, super low. Again, just name value alone, right? So if there was ever a tournament to take Jordan Speed, it would be a no-cut tournament for obvious reasons. Now, he's one of those guys that finished in the 30s last week. I think it was 38th. But he outscored a lot of the people that were in the, the 20s and the teens um, because – I shouldn't say a lot of people, but mm-hmm. more than you think because he's a birdie maker. And so you know he has the double bogey or maybe even the triple bogey but or the bogey, but he's going to make some birdies and, and, and has some eagle shots too. So you know I probably won't have any of them, but – I don't mind. This is the first time that I, I don't mind the play of Jordan Spieth in terms of picking him for for DFS. Mm-hmm. So, how about the rest of the six K range? Yeah, you know, there's not a lot of guys I love. We we talked about one of them, so I'll just talk about two of them, and then I'll just make note of another two. Uh, Joel Dahman for he's he's the poor man's Ryan Palmer. So, and sometimes you know he's richer than Ryan Palmer, if you will. So I think Joel Dahman is a, is a great play. I think he might be, if you wait a couple of minutes, a first round leader play for me as well. Tom Hoagie at 6,400. I mean, considering you don't actually need to be long on this course, yes, it helps, particularly probably for the par fives. But uh, Hoagie at 6,400 seems like great value because if his approach game is on, he's on. And he's, you know, I just it's just one of those things where 
that seems like it's too low. The other two guys I like, Tyler Duncan and Danny Lee. I've got a soft spot for Danny Lee. Um, and Tyler Duncan was really good last week, and he's still tracking it, you know, 3% or less right now. So you can certainly pick up some some bank account money for your higher guys by taking Tyler Duncan. But, you know, he actually might finish in the top 20. So I like that. And of course, uh, again, it's a little bit more difficult on these smaller field tournaments. But Sia will have his secret weapon. Again, you can find that on our expert Discord chat, and you can do that for free. If you go to windailysports.com backslash chat, Sia will have that in there Wednesday night. Pretty much they are locks to make the cut. Unfortunately, there's no cut in this tournament, but he's still crushing it. So I think that part is very important. So you can get a very low owned, under 5%, low uh, cost, under six uh, under 7000 no, $7,000, not percent. $7,000 under 5%, and that way you can help uh, fill up the rest of your lineup there. So windailysports.com backslash chat, backslash chat. Joel, talk to me about the 6K range. Yeah, so I think I've said this before, but I'll mention it again. I have like this this uh, triumvirate, a threesome of guys who are in that that range of very volatile golfers that are always underpriced that are always good for for fantasy purposes, right? It's Ryan Palmer who I mentioned. It's Joel Dahman who's in that family, and it's Benny N. These three guys are underrated. They get a lot of birdies. They're volatile, so like no cut events are really good for them because you can get that guaranteed four days. Um, an event that has five par fives and five par threes is really good for them because a lot of birdie opportunities. So um, I think these are the these are the guys where like they're always these are the three guys that are always on my list in that type of player. And this is a type of course that should really suit them well. So those three guys I'm going to be targeting heavily this week, as I normally do. Um, I think, you know, there is nothing, absolutely nothing that makes me want to play Jordan Spieth. Right. There's like he's done nothing other than the fact that like I like him from like five or six years ago when he was yeah. actually good. This okay. is like a different player, which is not good anymore. So it's like it's like me. Like I used to be good at sports five or six years ago. Now I'm old and slow and I'm not good at them anymore. So <laughs> probably a little different because he makes millions of dollars. Still, but still, um, I, I, there's nothing saying to play him. I think the only thing that I had zero intention of playing him until we talked a little bit about it. And maybe the only thing that made me get sneak him in a lineup or two is. He's now so cheap where it's like he now he's almost being now it's the reverse. Now he's just the guy that like if I have a lineup I love and I can just fit him in at that price range and, you know, he can get me an a, a eagle or two this week and finish maybe in the 30s. Like that could be enough for me to cash. So for that reason, maybe I'll just sneak him in. But it's not because I'm targeting him. It's going to be because he's the last fit at this price range. and He's so cheap that it might be able to work. Um, as always, as you know, I like Kevin Na. Uh, he's just he's one of my guys. I think. uh He's like he's similar to Jason Day in that he's always hurt, so that's concerning and that's that's a risk. But for GPPs, play him a small percentage, and that's okay. You can risk him because the one time that he hits and he does get that top ten, he's gonna he's gonna pay off. Um, I never play Matt Kuchar, so that's just gonna be a fade. I, I I do normally really like Kevin Kisner. His his form has not been what I would have liked to have seen as of late, but it's not that far removed. So that's what we were saying before, right? He's been he's been good, you know, three, four tournaments ago. He's more recently he's a bit, a bit off, but I don't think he's lost it. Um, so it's just a matter of are you going to be there when he's back, you know, playing like Kevin mm-hmm. Kisner at this price range? I think it's worth a shot. If he was like he normally would be closer to eight. So you're getting that big discount. I do think he's worth squeezing into your lineups here. Um, I think Cameron Champ and Alex Norin are interesting for two different reasons. Cameron Champ, I like just because I think. He was a guy a month ago that would have been priced $1,500 more expensive. So I think now he's just the value. Like we said, right, things don't change that much. It's the same concept for all fantasy sports, right? When a guy who has a bad two weeks 
price go down, that's the time to target him, right? Because he's, he's still a really good player. He's going to do well. I think that's kind of what we're getting with Champ a little bit. People are a little bit down on him. I don't think he's playing horribly. He's just not been his best, but he's definitely a guy at this price range is, is a good value play. Um, and Norton, I like for a different reason. I think Norton has been playing relatively well. Um, I think his, his price range here is, is a good fit. And, and I don't say, and see, you can let me know. Uh, I don't see the ownership. The only percentage that I'm seeing on the site that I use is super low for him. Uh, but maybe mine's just a little bit off. Do you see it for what it says for Norrin? Yeah, I'm looking now. I'll find it in just a second. Yeah, go ahead. I'll keep going what you said. I got really like this week is uh, you guys know my boy, uh, Big Higgy. So Higgs is – he's been playing great, right? It's not just a joke anymore. Like He actually is playing well. Um, so he's one of those guys that keep going to the well. And like, he's one of those guys I've been playing on showdowns every day as well, because, um, you know, he, he's putting it together. So a no cut event should really suit him because you know, you're going to get four days. And as long as he can put together one of those, you know, minus five, minus sixes, he should help you cash. So I'm definitely going back to him. He's one of my favorite plays in this range. Yeah. And Norrin is tracking right around three to 4%. And it, it should probably stay there. Yeah. So that's pretty low. I think for a guy that certainly has top 10 capabilities here at this price range of that low percentage. He's definitely a nice way to get interesting, to get different. Um, I'll, I'll kind of speed up because I want to just kind of get through this. So um, I like Kevin Strillman. He's been playing well. He played well last week. He's striking the ball really well. Um, I, his ownership percentage for this range will probably be on the higher end. But at this price range, I think if you can get a guy that can compete, it's just a good value. Um, we mentioned Mark Leishman last week. I'll mention him again. Uh, I think CM made this point last week and it's spot on. He's just a, overall too good at golf at this price range where, listen, don't put him in 50% of your lineups. No, but if you want to sprinkle him in a lineup or two, I think he's definitely capable of a top five or 10 finish. And at this price, it's going to be hard to top that. So he's definitely a, a good way to get different in tournaments. Um, and then uh, the la- I, I like Duncan, like see a, a low percentage. Uh, and the last two guys I want to mention, uh, three guys I want to mention here, Fratelli. Uh, he b- strikes the ball while he's a terrible putter. So you just got to hope you can catch him on a week where he puts a few putts in because when he does, he's going to score really well. Uh, Carlos Ortiz is the guy that's that's a little bit dead. Carlos Ortiz has been playing well. He is I, admittedly one of my guys. I do play him a lot. Uh, but I think he things are coming together for him. He's at a really, really good price. Uh, and his, his ball striking metrics have been really good. So I'm going to be playing me some, some of Ortiz. And the last guy in this range to look at is Richie Rensky. Um, Richie Rensky is known to be more of a putter. Like he, he's a good around the group, which is hard of, to kind of target that type of guy. Um, but I think this is a course where he can stay out of danger, sink a few punts, and really compete this week. So I think he's a good way at this price range to get different and, and really sneak in some value plays up top. I love it. I love it. And I, I think I just found my new favorite golfer, a uh, gentleman from Thailand, Jazz. Jenna Wadden and on. So, so Jazz actually uh, reached out to me on Twitter or commented to me on Twitter after I got the John Rahm uh, beating with the bad beat. And he, oh, he, he just made a comment. And he was like, man, that was terrible. Sorry, bud. And that's actually the first time I figured out who he was. And I was like, oh, he's actually on the tour. Okay, got it. How come, how come Joel Why never did, tells us the cool story? Why don't you tell us? <laughs> that was before I was on the podcast. Well, I mean, you were yeah, on the but... podcast literally like four days later. What are you talking about? <laughs> Jason literally reached out and was like, hey, do you want to come help us? You're pretty clearly good at this. You said yes, and we had you on the podcast literally like four days later. I don't know why I never mentioned that. We had him on a Sirius XM too. And yeah. this is the thanks we get. 
Gosh, <laughs> unbelievable. Well, reach back out to Jazz. Tell him he's my new favorite golfer and see if he comes on the show. How's that? Seriously, okay. actually, that would be fun to that get because be Jazz Jawadahand Jawadahand is no, like. Yeah, there's way too many letters for that. <laughs> no, he's he's like, it's one of those guys that like people love to talk about because of his name. He yeah. hasn't been good lately, but, he, you know, like a year ago or so, he actually was competing in a couple tournaments. So that would be super fun to have uh, oh, yeah. Jazz on the show. So, Joel, that's your that's your 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 next okay. uh Please. chore your next job for yes. us how about that i like chore that's actually funnier um all right so that <laughs> is our dfs breakdown we are now going to move on to our full length outright winners for the tournament and then we will get to the juicy stuff we'll get to the first round leaders which is joel's birthday so everybody take those bets uh sia let's start with you who are some of the outrights that we're looking at for this tournament Okay, so I've got five here. Um, I don't like to take the shorter shots, so I'll take one at 33 to one, Victor Hovland. I was on him last week. I'll be on him this week too. Joaquin Neiman at 45 to one. You know, I think you're kind of getting to the level there where it's like, uh, is it really possible? But I think Joaquin Neiman could actually win this tournament. Then I'm just going to take some long shots. These guys will filter into the sort of first round leader a bit too, perhaps. But Joel Dahman and Tom Hoagie are 175 to one. So that's fun. And uh, one guy I sort of skipped over at 50 to one, who again, if his ball striking is what it normally is, and if his putter is what it normally is, we, we just haven't seen it lately. Uh, Adam Scott at 50 to one, I think is pretty good value. It's a big name and it's, you know, deservedly so because he can actually compete on this level with the, the Justin Thomases and John Roms of the world. It's not likely, which is why it's 50 to one, but I think it's decent value because we haven't seen him in a while. Like maybe if we'd seen him the last two tournaments, he would have been pretty good. And then he would have been 33 to one, like Victor Hovland. So we might mm-hmm. be stealing some value here. Very cool. I like that. I like that. Steal that value where we can. Joel, uh, Joel, we're going to save your first round leaders for last. I just want to allow you to know that, that because it is your birthday. So talk to me a little bit. Who are some of your outrights for the Zozo Championship? So I'm going to take two, uh, approach, like a two-pronged approach here. I'm going to give you the fun, put a dollar on it bets that are way long shots that, you know, commit, and then I'll give you a few more realistic uh, competitors. So the way long shots that maybe just throw a dollar on that I like are Tyler Duncan at 250 to one, Carlos Ortiz at 200 to one, mm. um, and Mackenzie Hughes at 175 to one. So these are some really big long shots, but I do. I think these guys can compete this week. So if you want to have some fun and throw a dollar or two on them, I think these are, that can be a fun way to get different and have a little bit of a gamble. Now, if you want to put like a real bet on someone to win the tournament, so some of the guys I like more seriously, to bet on our Cameron Smith. So I think you're getting him at 80 to one. I think that that could be a good value. He's been consistently playing much better. So I think he comes down with 165 or 64 this week. He can really compete to win the tournament. Um, I just, I just continually think he's getting disrespected. I think Ryan Palmer can win it. I mean, at, you know, it, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me why he continually gets these, this disrespect. So he's a hundred to one. So if you put a hundred dollar bet on it, you can win 10 grand. Sure. That sounds great. Uh, I'm like, you want to put $10 on it? Like you can make it a grand. Like that sounds great too. So um, I think he's, I think he's just better than the credit he gets for it. So he's definitely someone I would, I would like to target to win the tournament. And then of uh, the favorites, I'm going to go back to like I did last week, Burger at 30 to one. I think uh, Burger's ball striking is really good. Uh, he's normally good around the green and the putter and he wasn't last week. So that's something that should turn around for him. Like that's where his strength. So I think, this could be a spot where it was like I was on him last week and he disappointed and I'm not going to get down on him. I'm going to go back to the well. And if you're really feeling it, um, I mean, not even really feeling it, actually, if you're if you're trying to play a little more conservative, Daniel Berger, top 10, plus 275. 
So, you know, again, if we, we always, it's, it's fun to look at these 175s to ones and say, put a dollar on it. Plus 275, I mean, that's like a solid upset, you know, a pretty solid upset in football, as we, we've talked about in the past. Like, you put a unit on that and you have a, a utmost confidence in him getting in the top 10. I mean, that's a pretty payday, depending on what your unit is. So, um, not a bad day. Not a bad day. I like there. that bet. Um, yeah. Agree. Um, see ya. First round leaders. Let's let's do it. So I think I've got five of these as well. And uh, let's just get started. So Daniel Berger, 33 to one. That's the short shot. Mm-hmm. I, I like him. I don't love him to win the tournament. It's possible. But Daniel Berger, 33 to one. Uh, Joaquin Neiman at 40 to one. Uh, Joel Dahman at 80 to one. And Tom Hoagie at 90 to one. I like quite a bit. And the fifth guy is sort of kind of breaking news here because uh, yeah. it's Tuesday and this is going to happen. What Thursday night on yep. the West coast. Um, the guy who's actually going to win uh, Thursday and be the first round leader is of course, Ryan Palmer at 66 to oh. one. There you have it. You're welcome, America. Yeah. Okay. Thanks America. Let's all put a dollar on Ryan Palmer. Well, I'm not going to dive in after the whole sprint. I just went on Ryan Palmer all the time, guys, and disagree with that. So, 100%, yeah, let's get Ryan Palmer going. Like, for sure. I love Ryan Palmer, as always. So, that's a great play. Um, uh, I'm 100% on that. So, for, for the first-round leader plays, like, as always with me, nothing changes. I'm, my mentality is my mentality. We're going for a home run. I'm swinging for the fences like I always do. Um, especially first-round leader more so than, than anything like – I like to get a little crazy with the first round leader. You want to bet I got to win the tournament, like probably better off going with some of the safer plays guys that are, that are the better golfers, but first round leader, like, yeah, go nuts. Anybody can win one round, right? It's way more volatile. And you'll see the prices reflect that you're not going to get as good odds on the bottom guys um, for first one as you do for the tournament. So with that being said, it's the same guys that I'm targeting. It's just uh, for the first round leader bet. I like Carlos Ortiz again. Um, you're getting him at 90 to one here. So, uh, I think that's a really good value. He's been he's coming off a week where he's been playing well. Um, I so I, I, my boy, I, I'm going to go back to the well again. Henry Higgs. I mean, he's he's playing well. I, I think he's getting overlooked. I, I don't see a lot of people talking about him. Um, I I think he's. I, I mean, listen, our guy S guy likes him too. He's he's the, mentioned him in the chat. I think, uh, and then maybe people are coming around, but who cares? That doesn't matter. That matters in GPPs. That doesn't matter in gambling. We can all bet on them and all make money and all give a high five. So that's completely fine. I'm definitely going to put a few shekels on him. Um, and I think my favorite first round leader bet um, this week is going to be Benny Ann. Uh, Benny Ann's a guy that, you know, he's certainly very capable of going extremely low. And he's one of those guys that, like I love for showdown. Like we were saying, the volatile, the one day that can really get it. So um, I think this is a course that should be probably suit his game. And maybe a little bit of it is just crossing the fingers that that one big day is the first day. But hey, I think uh, he has good a chance as anybody. He has, yeah, pretty much good a chance of anybody. And uh, everybody, make sure we are on Carlos Ortiz, big Henry Higgs, um, and Benny Ann for uh, Joel's birthday. So everybody jump on board. At least just put a dollar on it legally um, if you can. Yeah. I think that's important, but yeah. And, and I'm not sure he, he, did you mention the odds? Benny Ann is 80 to one first round leader. I don't know. You might've mentioned oh, it. Oh yeah. For, no. I might, maybe I forgot, but yeah. That, that works for me. That's a, that's an easy $2 bet. You know what, Joel, it's your birthday. I'll put $3 on it. Happy. Birthday. You know what? 
Okay. I hope you get rewarded for that. Me too. And you know what I will do? I will thank you and then ask you for your screenshots from college football. Um, this has been a wonderful, wonderful Wind Daily Sports show. We have the Zozo Championship. We had our favorite bets. We had all the DFS breakdown. We have our two guys, Sia and Joel, here with me. Sia, where can everybody find you on the internet in case they want to ask you some questions? Um, oh. Just more thorough questions about you know what you're thinking for the Zozo. Interesting. I wish there was a medium where people could do that. Oh, hmm. wait. There is. It's called Discord, and it's our expert chat. Expert chat. We're so pretentious, right? Yeah, it's right. our it chat yeah. that we belong to as well, and you can if you just go to windailysports.com backslash chat. You get it free for seven days, but why not just get it for like months at a time because mm-hmm. it's actually really awesome, and it covers every single sport, including esports. You'll find me in there tomorrow night uh, for like the duration of the night, essentially, mm-hmm. and you can find me there, especially with when it comes to NFL. We do so much content. Tomorrow night we have the live stream and then we have so much content from other people, including in the Discord chat. So mm-hmm. find me on Twitter at Sia Najad, but find me in Discord as well. Joel, happy birthday. First off, very excited for that. Um, where can everybody find you? Thanks, guys. So you get me a Draftmaster Flex. It's simple. It's easy. Draftmaster Flex. What up? Uh, oh, that's what you, yeah. you get. <laughs> it's Joel's birthday, not yours. Not yours. <laughs> You can find me there everywhere, and uh, let's have a big week, guys. I think I'm feeling good about this tournament. I think we're going to make some money. I think we're going to have a really great first round leaderboard. What do we got, Sia? Oh, we have to read as to close the show. We have to read S guys' uh, second to last comment because I mm. think it's very appropriate and very on point. Mm-hmm. Uh, great job, guys! Thanks again for the content. Best in the industry. Wow, very unexpected. Guy, you might find Thank yourself you. on an Instagram post. <laughs> Not going to lie to we'll you, say- there, buddy. This guy seemingly, seemingly really knows what he's talking about. He really is like the inside <laughs> scoop on the, on the industry. So, yeah, hey. you know, I I think we should. I think we should post it. I think he really is uh, I think he's great, great a, ideas. He told us right the vertigo on. thing. Yeah. He's yeah. Right there. He loves Actually, Harry Higgs. You know what I'm, do? I'm just going to screenshot everything that he said um, and just put that on the uh, – <laughs> everything about Fragile's Glass and the Henry Higgs. I love it all. I love it all. And we're happy to help – S guy um, eight four zero. Appreciate the holiday. You can find me in the Discord as well, Michael Period Raziel. I think you can find me on Twitter at Michael Raziel one. We appreciate each and every one of you for Sia for birthday, Joel for the rest of the Wind Daily Sports family. We hope you all make it a very profitable Zozo Championship.